Welcome to Point Your Toes, The Adventures of an NYC Dance Teacher. I'm your co-host, Danielle Colangelo. And I'm your co-host, Tony Williams II. This podcast is all about the adventures that Danielle and I have as dance teachers and choreographers living here in New York City. We will be sharing our experiences in all the ridiculous and hilarious truths. However, to keep the identity of the students and companies we have worked for safe, we won't be mentioning any by name, and if we do, they will be changed. That being said, let's get into today's topic. Terms, or words, or terminology. So this came about um, because I started with a new group of kids a couple weeks ago. And so um, they're a group of steppers. Uh, so learning, getting them kind of caught up on the lingo and how I'm going to talk to them. Like we had a couple moments today where we were talking about it. And they know that I teach other dance styles. So they kind of asked me, like, is it the same for other dance styles? And I'm like, yeah. Um, and it kind of made me realize, like, how important they are. And I know that, like... In some of, like, uh, long-term programs, like, I have vocabulary tests on, like, terms. Mm -hmm. And different, when different genres have different terms. But I thought kind of, like, the importance of them is because, like, it makes me think of, like, my old theater teacher in high school used to say, like, if you don't know the terms, how can we talk to each other? Like, if you don't know the words I'm going to use, how can we talk to each other? And some of these terms matter. You know, like, uh, it's always so... It's always so funny to me that, like, theater people, and I guess dancers too, but normally theater people, like, when we are in a theater space and someone yells something at us, thank you, five, or, like, flash system going out, thank you, flash system, or, you know, like, whatever, like, there's autom there's an automatic, like, reflex to say thank you, which if, for those that don't know, in the theater in industry, you acknowledge that thank you is when you're thanking it, but also, like, acknowledging that you know that something is moving and or happening around you mm -hmm. can be very life-saving. You know, if someone's like, you know, going dark on stage, thank you, dark. Just honestly means yeah. I know it's about to go pitch black. Don't move. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I so I think that. it's one of those things of like that simple kind of terminology and back and forth, you will be hard-pressed to not find in any professional gig. So I kind of thought that that'd be a good place to start. Yeah, and I think that... um knowing terminology can really make or break how professional you appear and mm -hmm. how knowledgeable you appear. Um, I, you know, of course in college, we would have like terminology, we would have tests like on paper with terminology and writing out combinations and, you know. We did in ballet. I remember, um, well, we mostly did in ballet. I think we had a. I think in one of my hip hop courses, like, we jazz. Had to we do, also had one. That's so true. Not true. We um, had one in jazz. I think in my, one of my hip hop courses, we actually had to go through because you know what it was. My one of my hip hop courses, we had to know what each of the grooves were, the types of different steps that you would see in each groove, what mm. that meant, and the different genres of hip hop. So we actually um, did that in one of my one of my practical hip-hop classes and I actually also had to take a lecture on the history of hip-hop which was really cool yeah. and then in ballet you know it would even be the thing where the teacher would do a combination across the floor and you would have to write down what the combination was see I um, we would get the opposite it, was, it, it would be like da -da 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 -da. 
and no example. Oh yeah, we. So you just kind of had to know. Yeah, and I, like it was a two. We had the same thing. It was a twofold test. Half of it was written, half of it was practical, and it was mm-hmm. that type of thing. But even in um, high school and especially doing shows, a lot of times um, the words are just given to you. Or even yes. in even in um, in high school, especially with ballet at my studio, to be able to move up to the to the next level in ballet, we would do these kind of like practical exams where we knew the owner was coming in that way that day and she would, you know, kind of, she would speak a phrase. She would speak a phrase and she would see kind of who knew what was happening and who could do it. Um, And I think that it set me up for college really well and also auditions because if you ever go to a dance call whether it's professional, not professional, whatever it may be, especially professional, um, and union calls, the choreographer or the assistant will usually do it. But most of the time, you're in a big room with a lot of people, and all you can hear is the choreographer or the assistant saying what the steps are in the phrase order. And you have to be able to internalize that and do that right away because a lot of times you can't see yourself in the mirror you can't see what's happening up front so knowing the terminology just really shows how professional you are um how avid of a student you are and also um respect which i we can talk about in a second but i think knowing terminology um and is very is a respect thing as well you brought up a really good point and it also triggered like a crazy story like we talked i So, I don't think I mentioned this, but, like, some of my first couple dance classes were at, like, uh, Georgia Theater Conference, or GTC, which is a huge, like, uh, so it's Southeastern Theater Conference. Several states that go to that have smaller festivals. Mm -hmm. And I think we talked about this on, like, the festivals and conference episode a little bit. But, like, some of my first dance classes were those where it would literally be, we would be in this hotel ballroom with, like, easily a hundred plus dancers crammed in this tiny room where like maybe we had a stage but maybe we didn't so you're not seeing the choreographer you're just hearing her over a microphone shouting out choreography to you and then when lines would switch maybe you'd be in the middle of the room and could see what she's doing right so i think like i just remember the first time we were doing a a combination at it wasn't my first time this was setc so i was auditioning for work and the combo was ballet into jazz. And I remember the choreographer, she did not waste any time because she had no time. We had a lot of people to get through for that dance call. But also, like, it was all turns. Like, she she was marking everything. She was like, you know, and if you want to, you know, for the double hey, if you want to extend fully, great. There's time in the music. This is just a triple. There's no time for anything else. Keep going. She, like, not at all was explaining what, any of these things were I remember and I remember being proud of myself because there was only one word I didn't know at the time don't ask me what it is that because I don't remember <laughs> but I remember being like oh my god I can I know what that means I understand what I know what I need to do and I was just like super happy that I was in an audition that way and and that it's only gotten worse now I know some choreographers that are just like no 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 you know how yeah. to do that right and I'm like I guess I do so I think it it does make a huge difference learning these terms so I definitely say to the studio owners and choreographers and dance teachers out there, like, don't go easy on your kids when it comes to these terms. No. It it will make or break them, honestly. Yeah. It will very easily make or break them. Um, and so let's kind of, this will segue into 
regional terms and like different terms and different yeah. styles and things and like that. This is this is where the whole respect thing comes into play because um there are certain styles like tap which is semi codified and yes. semi regional. And I and in just and let's start with just the US. <laughs> right. Excuse me. Let's start with just the US. <laughs> yeah. So within the US depending where you take dance, whether that's the East Coast or the Midwest or the, the West South Coast or the, the North, South, it's like you. There are certain steps that are exactly the same that have different names. But as you grow up mm-hmm. and get older, and if you become a smart dancer, you realize that there are certain steps like that that have those multiple names. Like yes. a Broadway is the same as a Chinatown is the same as a. It has something I don't even know. It has some other word. Um, I remember the first time um, someone called it a Chinatown in front of me, and I said, "What are you talking?" There's about? another. <laughs> there's another word for it too. Um, there's someone else who calls it a Cincinnati, where yes. like to me, a Cincinnati is a completely separate step. Who? Yeah, yeah. I think it was our, another friend of yeah. ours that said it was a Cincinnati. A Cincinnati to me is like this thing where it's like kind of like a or this thing where it's like kind of like a drawback e thing yeah. but that to me that's a cincinnati um not the same as a broadway or a chinatown or some people also call it a shirley temple um, yes i've heard it called so shirley temple if and as you're growing up it's hard because you don't know you all you know is what your studio or, calls it yes but it is a smart thing to do when you go to summer programs, you go to workshops, you see, mm-hmm, go to conferences, uh-huh, uh-huh. that you realize, oh, this step, even Google it, this step has a different name. It is a smart thing to realize that, especially in TAP, there are a lot of steps that, depending oh, yeah. where you are from, are called something else. And I think it's also one of those things of, like... At- it's why I encourage anyone to not stay with the, I know this like student makes studio owners cringe, but like do not take dance from the same teacher for X amount of years without supplementing other teachers in. You need a mixture yeah. of teachers. No, and like the because thing is, the, sorry, I'm going to interrupt, like a smart, good studio will have yes. an array yes. of teachers. We're not talking, it's when you have the same teacher for everything that it yes. becomes a problem. And, I, and I've had, I've taught kids like that where they've had a teacher for eight plus, you know, all through middle school and high school, and they only know the terminology that that teacher uses. And so I feel like twofold. To that teacher, I, I will say this, when I'm teaching any dance style, especially if I, if I know there's an alternate name, I'll be like, some people call it this, this yeah. is what I call it. I do, know that, Or yes. some, like, oh, what's the word? Oh, goodness, I can't forget. But, like, sometimes I'll be like, I use this word interchangeably. I do that, so, I like, do. They um, both mean the same thing, don't get confused. And with, with tap, I mean, and we'll get to why we're so, we're hounding on tap, but... With tap that I do the same thing. Now that I know and I've become very smart, I do the same mm-hmm. exact thing. So on the teacher, I definitely have to, I do give fault to those teachers because I'm like, you're the one exposing them. So let them know that there are universal names for different yeah. stuff or different and things. And it's hard because and on you, the student, you might not know. Someone, right. That's very but true. But try, but try, try to do some research. Try to ask around. Well, there are, re- like, again, anytime, and I do this often with ballet terms, where I... If I am not 100% certain, I'll go, I'm certain, but don't quote me on that. Or let me Google. Or let me text text somebody. And I will easily pull out a friend that's a dancer. Or, you know, if I really don't know, I have some old school ballet teachers that have been teaching as long as I've been alive. And I'll text them. 
What's the original for this? Because like yeah. I said, I had a ballet teacher in high school that she was an old school teacher and she was like an old school Russian teacher too. So she'd be like, this is what it used to be. This is what it has become. This is what they do now. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, wow. So like she will even like just like her, the craziest things like having her talk about the positioning of Releve, mm. how originally Releve was not as high as it is today. Mm-hmm. But like, so little, so like... There and again, there are plenty of resources out there. So if you are uncertain about a term, Google it. Ask mm-hmm. a friend. Ask around. I think it just it matters a really big deal when it yeah. you know, and again we harp on we keep harping on tap because it is the most semi codified tap in jazz. Honestly, certain styles of jazz are the most like they fall in that semi codified group where like yes terms will change or like um what's the other I know an elliptical, not elliptical, that's a workout machine. Calypso? Calypso. Uh, but I've had someone call it an elliptical, an ellipsis mm. before. An oh, I've heard of that too before. And yeah. it's one of those things of, I'm like, because again, I, I do love jazz. So there's, a, I have a large, ridiculous knowledge of just jazz because I just love the genre. So someone was like asking me about that. And I was like, that doesn't show me it. And they showed me, and I was like, that's, that's a Calypso, why are you calling? And I was like, well, where did you learn that? Turns out she was from the Midwest, and yeah. in the Midwest, that's typically and what they call I, it. And I was like, okay. I agree, like, there are certain terms, depending on the variant within, like, jazz and ballet, that, that can be called different things. But for the most part, jazz and, yeah. and ballet specifically, ballet specifically, it that has been changed. codified for hundreds of years. Yeah. And no matter what genre of ballet, what type, I'm sorry, not genre, what style of ballet you do, it's the same thing. And it's one of those things of like, I have seen many a young person argue with, a, uh, a, again, with people far smarter than me in ballet about how this term or this, that, and third, and they literally, I've seen them break it down in French you know, the language that most ballet terms fall under is French. I've had them break it down in Latin. Like, I've seen people break it down to the point that this ballet just doesn't change. It yeah. is the, the rigidness is what makes it so beautiful, honestly. And because each move in ballet means something. Yes. Because it came from this French language, it means something. And that's something I do with my... Um, with my kids now at work is I actually have a vocabulary word wall mm-hmm. and I start with a bunch of words on it in the beginning of the year. And as the year goes on, we put up more and more words and we talk about them. And especially with the ballet terms, some of them have been like, Oh, I bet it's called this because it looks like it is this word in it. Or mm-hmm. I bet like it calls this because you you could do this with your body. And I'm like, no, it's because it like the literal um, translation is X, Y, and Z. Yes. So and- that's why. But, can I, like, as a little plug to myself, my kids, knowing what these words are, I can actually tell my six and seven-year-olds do a, um, I'm trying to think, do a tendu and they can do it without a problem. I can tell my third graders do a changement and they can do it without it's, doing it. It's one of those things of, like, I know for some of you, you're like, of course, that is not always an easy feat of learning these terms or learning the terms correctly because yes. it makes me think, especially when we think of ballet. So I was working at the school that had, I was the after school dance teacher and I had a full-time dance. There was a full-time dance teacher there. And I, so yeah, I was the after school dance teacher and there was a full-time dance teacher during the day. And for after school, there was another, another friend of mine who's teaching 
she's an uh, African drum teacher who actually is like my mentor. She speaks French. And so the kids were like, had learned chasses in class, but they were at, in actuality jetés. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. So <laughs> a, a, a chasse means to chase, a jeté means to throw. That's a literal French translation. Mm-hmm. Yobo, her first language is French. So she's telling, so she's like, pull the minute I like get in the building, she pulls me aside and she's like, what does jeté mean? And I'm like, you know what, like you speak French, girl, of course you know what that means. She's like, yeah, 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 but like dance rise. What does that mean? I was like, like, to throw, you literally throw your body through the air. So it's like the jump, you're usually in a split or your legs are spread apart. Like she like questioning herself. And then chasse, I was like, Chasse is to chase. One foot chases the other, like a horse's gallop or a horse's chase. Yes. She goes, cool. Why is the other dance teacher teaching them wrong? I said, wait, what? She goes, the kids were showing me it. And I was like, that does not match what I know. And she's like, again, I am an African dance teacher. I don't I don't know ballet, but like I know French. And it's not matching up. Yeah. Like she was like, they like they they weren't chasing anything. So how could that be called, you know, a chasse? And I was like, it's not, that's a jeté. So like it's it just kind of made me go like ballet does not change, and or again and people, I I want to believe in my heart of hearts that it's unintentional, but there is a video that was like shared on our on social media among like Danielle and I's friends as dancers, where someone was doing was an A Chappelle. Yeah, so and it was like not is, is, yeah. it was just wrong. So, it wasn't an A Chappelle. I feel like I told this story maybe on one of our first episodes, um, and because it still irks me to my core, um, there was a a girl who um, was a choreographer at ASMR Sock, um, and I, to my knowledge, believe that she actually doesn't teach dance or choreograph anymore, but not positive. But um, she was working on a show, and the director had her ask her to choreograph a ballet sequence. So she did it, and the director comes from a theater pedagogy background, and she knows dance really well, but never was a dancer growing up, moving forward. So she sets, she sets this ballet thing, and the director came up later that day and, and found me, and she was like, hey, and she's friends with me. She's like, hey, Danielle, like, can you look at this video I took of the of the ballet sequence? I'm like, yeah, of course. She's like, so what is that called? And she, um, no, so it was, it was an échappé. No, was, no, no, I'm sorry. It was an arabesque. It was an arabesque. It was an arabesque. And I yes. said, yes. And I said, you know, it's an arabesque. She was like, cool, 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 cool. I'm like, why? She's like, so my assistant choreographer I had her set this ballet sequence, and she called it an échappé. And I was like, wait. I was like, that's not correct, but same thing. Where the director, same thing like your friend, the director was like, wait, maybe I'm mistaken. Because you do, you you double-guess yourself. There's nothing wrong with questioning yourself. I'm wrong. I have to be wrong. Yes. And I was like, nah, girl. I was like, this is an échappé. I show it to her. I was like, she's like, that's what I thought. And then the video, yeah, so the video, like, ended up kind of circulating a little bit just because it, like, was well people were watching this it for is, rehearsals purposes and but it's one of those things where like so now unfortunately the video did get circulated and you're yeah. on the video setting the piece calling it the wrong thing yeah. and it lives in the world yeah. 
and it's ballet turns and it's a ballet sequence so there's no way you could even try to be like oh well like even in jazz or modern like we call it this in like this part of the country mm-hmm. like you couldn't even try to get away with it and i i constantly do get challenged sometimes because a lot of about like I said, jazz is a semi-codified style and a lot of it is directly pulled from the ballet world. So there are, again, pirouettes show up in jazz. Right, a pirouette's um, a pirouette. It's just parallel, not turned right, out. Right. So there are, so, like, we do um, sea, uh, sea songs in jazz as well. They're just parallel and parallel, lower to the ground, faster. Yeah. You know, so there's a lot of, like, overlap. And so... Um, I was working at this one place out in Brooklyn and we would, it would constantly be like, uh, me and the ballet teacher, we would talk and we'd be like, wait, are you teaching this term first? Or what are you, what are you teaching in your class? So I know to either reinforce it or to not teach the jazz version of it right now. So they don't get confused. Right. And I like, either she'd be like, oh, we're working on this kind of peer. Or I remember when I started pirouettes, she was like, are they doing pirouettes in your class? They've gotten so much stronger. And I was like, yeah, I'm doing pirouettes in my class. She goes, great. I need you to do them at center because we're doing ours from center right now. And that way I was like, cool, we'll do them from center. You know, and so we were able to work with each other just by, again, knowing the turn. Because this is like, as we're like, the kids are eating their lunch or coming in for the day. We're like throwing these terms and words at each other so quickly. Uh, that it just made it, it made a difference. Um, um, I also want to say too that as, cause I've had this happen before with students I've taught that I don't usually teach year round. I've either taught them at summer programs or workshops and stuff like this. This has happened to me where they come in and I teach a step and I'm like, okay, so especially with tap, it's happened to me a lot with tap where I'm like, okay, so this is what I call this, but it's also called this in other parts, in other places. So this is what I mean when I refer to this term. Or I'll mm-hmm. be like, I do this a lot with like pullbacks. I'll interchange pullbacks and, um, um, oh my God, what's the other, what do we call them? Pullbacks or? They're pullbacks to me. No, Are there's another, about, there's might, another word. You literally might be teaching me a new term. I've wait, only ever called them pullbacks. Wait, I got it. Now I got to look it up. There's another word too. Um. This is what I mean, guys. Literally, I my entire life I've only ever called them pullbacks. You're about to teach me a new term. Okay, well it. I'm gonna find it. Um, oh pickups. Yes, yeah. I remember so, that I they are not it. pickups to me. So, so pullbacks and pickups is a what? is a regional thing, yeah. and I will use it interchangeably. I just like I grew up learning both of those terms and understanding that they both mean the same <gasps> thing. Um, I was a full adult the first time I heard so, pickups. So, and I know a lot of schools will also try to tell you that pull, that pickups and pullbacks are two different things. They're not. But they're not. They'll tell I've you seen like, them both. Like, they'll, be the like, they'll be like, a pickup is in the place and a pullback is traveling. And I'm like, it's it's the same. It's, no. And that's not it. No. You can literally Google it. No. But anyway, so <laughs> I've had that's... students, though, you know, be like, no, this is what it's called. And I'm like, so actually... There's multiple names for it. Or with the pickup and pullback thing, I'm like, so actually it is the same thing. And I've had students be like, no, you're wrong. And I've actually gotten on the computer and pulled up the information because it is just extremely, extremely disrespectful as a student to try to tell a teacher they're wrong when you should actually be, yes, challenge the teacher, ask the question if you're confused, you don't understand for sure. But this is an experience, a chance for you to understand the different terms and multiple verbiage for different steps that's going to put you in a better position in the future. So don't, yes. like, 
do not try to go in there being like, nope, this is what it's called. Like, you're wrong. Yeah, and it's one of those things of like, and again, even in ballet where there is not a lot of wiggle room on what terms mean, people can still be wrong. And cha- again, I'm always for like challenging a teacher or not. I sh- that, that sounds so mean when I say challenge. Like, just like ask, questioning yes. and asking is and always okay to me. Should, you should be learning because how but, you lo- right? It's and how it's you the learn. way it's the way you present it. Yes. If you're going into a situation and a teacher's like, so this is what I call it, or I know that you might have heard of it as a Shirley Temple. I call it a Broadway, and you're just like, no, no, you're wrong. No, you also never know what your teachers do outside of the, yeah. the venue that you're currently in. Or I know something that always happens here in New York City. Every choreographer, every dance teacher is a choreographer. Yeah. I Like, again, they're always setting something. It always happens. I, myself, am that person, too, where literally oh, I'll be teaching dance, but we'll be going to a workshop to, like, set a piece the next day. So I think you do have to be very careful with your approach. Because uh, it, it this is not so much a term thing, but I remember the first time I had a student argue me down about doing Batmas in second position. And the student had decent flexibility, and so she would always Batma behind her hands in second position. Yeah, but she's not what you're supposed to do. And, well, and like, she did it one time across the floor, and I was like, nah, I'll let it slide. Again, I had other problems I need to fix. Right, and but unfortunately, then when she, when, on a water of, break, a lot of people Yeah, unfortunately, a lot of teachers will teach you like that because and I, like, they'll let you lift your hip, and you're not supposed well, to. Well, and that's where I... So I called her, like, it was like water break or something where there was a moment where I was like, yeah, so I need to tell you, like, I, I'm not bothered, but that's technically not correct. You should probably not do them in front of your, in front of your uh, arms. And she's like, but why? And I'm like, because something is going to get out of a line and odds are you're not probably 100% flat on the floor. Yeah. So you're pulled to kick behind your arms. You're probably pulling yours, and I said the girl has decent flexibility, so she's probably only pulling herself off her alignment by a fourth of an inch. But in the ballet world, a fourth of an inch is the difference between a principal and a supporting cast member. Mm-hmm. If we're just being honest, yeah. So it's but she was like really like taken back by me, and she asked every ballet teacher that she took because she took me for jazz. She asked the other ballet teacher in the program. Uh, like two or three other ballet teachers and they all came back with the exact same answer and she was like i i like i want to apologize to you yeah. i argued so hard but like you were right and i'm like first of all i knew i was right with that one right. but secondly i was also like go that's the point of learning because right. maybe the they i said she, maybe you would have came back and told me something differently and, and i would have been like okay great like, yeah. the fact that she like went and asked a bunch of teachers and then came back and apologized to you and was like thank you so much like that that is like a really big, like that's how you learn. That's how you, you know? learn, and like that gives you, you know, that that gives you a little, that gives you a little oomph because it you're does. someone that I could work with. Then it does. Speaking of working with, so professionalism. Now mm-hmm. we do want to do a whole episode on this, as we were talking about this. Yes, we'll just do a little touch on but this today. Terms, I, I it, it sounds so weird, says, but your understanding of terms. I, forces me to judge you on your professionalism um, because I constantly work with dancers that don't know basic theater terms such as upstage, downstage, wings, things like that. And not, like, nothing angers me more when I have to like try to... It could be as simple. The dancer is standing in the middle of the stage and I need them to walk 
downstage, closer to the audience. And I go, just walk downstage. And they like, uh, uh, which way is that? Yeah. And I'm like, D- towards me, a degree, like, I just trying to like stop it's- and refigure my brain to try to explain it without using the classical terms that I've been born and bred on forces me out of the choreography zone of where, like, you know, someone in lights yeah. is yelling at me. Well, the and it's also just, this. like, terms is not necessarily, it's not just about steps, which, you know, we've been mostly talking about, yeah. but it is true, like, growing, you know, if you're going to enter into this industry, whether you enter behind the table or in front of the table, meaning performer or creator or whatever you do, you should know what things, like, you know, five minutes means, wing your wings are, your stage directions are, you should mm-hmm. know things like um, lights up, lights up, like, like little terms like that is things that should be ingrained in you as you move on. And when you yes. show up to an audition or a rehearsal or a class and someone's asking you to do that and speaking to you that way, as, as you get older, it is, it is um, it's very off-putting because it looks like you don't take this seriously. Or, like, you, like, one of the ones that I find that, like, I constantly drove my kids on is windows, upstage, yes. downstage. Yes. Because. Little kids should know windows and upstage, yeah. downstage, and center stage. I do that. It's one of the first things I do at my kindergartens yeah. and kindergartners and first graders, especially with my kindergarten babies. They can't, they can barely walk. Let's do some stage directions. Right. Well, there like there are a billion like games that you can find online. Oh, and of, like, they upstage, downstage. they love the games and like I do this game where it's like now I want you to slither like a snake to upstage yep. left, like that type of stuff. Yep. They love it, the kids. And so the reason why, like, and again, I'm sure some of you are like this is not a real thing. You don't have to teach this. Oh, I have do. been in auditions where they're like, cool, there are five of you, two up, two down. Yeah, and you should know <laughs> what that means. And that literally, it's like. I've done that. Cool, five of you, two up, two down, hit your windows. Five, six, wait, why are you not, where where, where are you standing? Because then I have, to take a, <laughs> I have to take away from what I'm working on. Yeah. Like, and a lot of times, like, I'll be, especially, it depends on where the situation, but, like, I, I've done that where I'm the assistant, where I'm on stage dancing in front of you while there are five dancers behind me, and the choreographers in the house, or the, you should know what house is, but in the audience or house of the theater, watching with, at the table, and I'm on stage, so, you know, I go to them, there are five of you, two up, three down, five, I turn around to go five, six, seven, eight, and the director's being like, hold, they're not ready, and I'm like, I turn around and see one girl's, like, hidden, and she's not in the correct spot, and it's like, okay, friends, so, like, do you not know windows? And I so have we this. have to stop the momentum of the audition to place people and that That makes me want to not work with you. It just makes me go, how green are you? Yeah. And are if you're green and it just when that happens, I go, you have to kill this audition now because now I'm judging you that you're not a professional. Right. I have that same issue. I work for a choreographer, a professional um youth group that performs for charity events everything and galas and everything under the sun. Anything you would think you would want, like, a kid's youth choir at. They're not, like, a choir, though, because we sing, like, cool things. But, um, like, sometimes we get, you know, there are kids in it, and they're mostly all these professional kids. And when I say things like, okay, you come down, you're going to do, um, then you're going to walk over to stage right, and they look at me like I'm nuts, I'm literally like, no. how do you get jobs? Like that. And some of these kids have Broadway like, credits how? and are still doing this. It's like, but like those little things are like, 
especially when you've already been a professional and worked in a professional setting, I expect you to be on your A-game and know mm-hmm. what I'm talking about and just do it. Mm-hmm. And it's, and it's, I, I keep starting because like it's dumbfounding, but like I have countless stories of where I've been in auditions, running auditions or taking auditions where like people don't, just simple things like you're not on your mark. That one shows up in theaters that you're not on your mark. Yeah. You're too far downstage, you're out of light. I don't know what that means. Yeah, knowing that. Find your light. Like, know what find your light means. Right. You know, or like, uh, it's just a tech rehearsal or a paper tech or all these kind of things like that that come up in when it comes up. And I think we probably should do an episode where we kind of delve a little deeper into this because I don't, I don't know if we've talked about this fully. But like, I know we haven't. The transition from studio dancer to concert dancer yeah, can true. be a giant struggle. And as we keep, as we, as we have been talking, I mean, it was a hard. lot of these stuff, I feel like, fall yeah. in the gap of when you're no longer just a, because a studio dancer, you're probably in a concert venue type space once or twice for a your season. Reci- yeah, for your recital. For your recital. And that's it. But like, when you're a concert dancer, you will do numerous performances in a concert type setting. And it's, it's when all these terms are like, again, could be life or death if you've got moving, yeah. you know, moving floor pieces, things flying yeah. in. Like, it, is, it is true. Wall sliding I, and like, going. Growing up in theater, I knew all these terms. So I was lucky in that sense that I went into college knowing all this types of stuff. But going from a studio to college, which is a college program, is concert Always dance. concert dance, yeah. It literally was, even knowing the terms and everything, was a completely different world being part of that. Yeah, and it's one of those things of, like, I always say, I've said this with a couple jobs that I work, like, certain, there are certain jobs where, like, you learn basic skills and then you never kind of touch them. Yeah. The performing arts in general are not that way, but I can especially say that with both dance and theater, like, you you learn these terms like the reason why I say I was born and raised with them is because I started same as Daniel I started in theater and then moved into the dance world and my this was in high school my high school director talked in these terms so if you didn't know what she if you didn't know what she was saying she goes cool and your theater class tomorrow we're having a test on terms like she would even if and we would be in rehearsal and rehearsal was club she would be like, yeah, in theater class tomorrow, we're, I'm testing you on terms because like right. we need to know how to talk to each other. Yeah. And you need to know if I say w- the stage right wing is completely full of set pieces, don't go, or there's broken glass over there, don't be over there without shoes or something like that. And you go padding over there, now your feet are all cut up. Like that's just, I'm being slightly extreme, but like there, I can, there are just numerous situations where things like that happened. And it just takes a, Again, it takes away from your professionalism. Yeah. And I just don't. I agree. Knowing all the, knowing, knowing the terms and the vocabulary and everything can really put you a step above other people. Yeah. And I do, I definitely think there's an episode talking about from studio to concert. Because there's a lot, there's a lot that it's not the same and it's slightly different or like. Definitely. The way you learn and things like that. Anywho, but that being said, that moves us right along to I'm sorry what or I love dance, but um I have a good one. Yeah. So with some of my older kids, we're talking a lot about where did popular dances come from. So where did a lot Ooh. of our Fortnite dances come from? Where oh. did a lot of our dances we see in Beyonce music videos and Michael Jackson come from and all of that and really what was their inspiration and then also how did they how did they take 
the moves from wherever they got their inspiration from and manipulate them into Mm -hmm. what you know today. So we have this whole big lesson on, you know, understanding the history of dance moves and then how they're manipulated and how you can still continuously manipulate dance and that's how you can create choreography. So anyway, it's a big thing. Um, It's really cool. The kids are really into it, but... We are, I had this video pulled up where one side of the screen was Fortnite dances and the other side was where, like, where the inspiration actually came from. And one of the dances was, I don't know what the Fortnite dance is called, but it originated from the Charleston from the 20s. And what was cool was like, was like on the side uh, that showed the original dance style or video, it had like the year and the kids started freaking out and they were like what i don't understand like how did this person in the 20s know this Fortnite dance and i'm like so time and i had it and they finally get it got it and now they like they fucking they they get it now and it's actually really cool to talk about with them but in the beginning i was like so what do you think came first and it took them a couple times to be like oh my god like Fortnite didn't just come out of thin air like it was inspired by so many many things so that was kind of, that was fun. That's, I yeah, like, that's hilarious to me. Because yeah. I've definitely had that argument where it's like, it's from Fortnite. Nah, bro. Nah, Fort, nah. Fortnite ain't did nothing original. Nope. Yeah. Nothing original. All those dances exist elsewhere in the world. Yeah. Um, That's hilarious. My, I'm, I love dance, but I, my students, so on Mondays and Tuesdays, I have my high school kids. And my ninth and 10th graders are always, like, gung-ho once you get their attention. It's my seniors and juniors and seniors that make me want to crawl all over them. Mm. Because Monday is the most unproductive class ever. So, for me, I'm coming off a weekend, so I've cut net at music, so, like, I'm ready to go for a work week. They're the first thing I see in the morning, and every Monday morning never fails. They don't want to dance. Yeah. Someone's injured. Like, there's a slew of ridiculous things that are happening from boyfriend issues to, like, fights in the hall. Like, anything they can think of to not dance on Mondays, <laughs> they do. And then we always get to Tuesday, where, again, I only see them for an hour. So if we are productive, we can accomplish a lot. Tuesday, they want to overdo it and cram everything into an hour class. To where literally, I'm like, all right, guys, we need to clean up. It's time for us to go. They're like, no, 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 let's run it one more time. I was like, there is no more time. You're like, but if we didn't. You wasted a whole day right, on Right, we could, we could do it more if you didn't waste all the time on Monday. I literally, crazy. like, wasted an entire class here yeah. today just being like, well, we need to do this. No, what if we do this song? And I'm like, I'm not changing the music. Like, that was their thing that I was, like, arguing about trying to change the music again, even though they all voted on all these songs, like, right. months ago. Right. So, I love Dance Spot, but they are, like, dancers can be so unproductive when they want to be. Oh, yeah. Like, it is ridiculous to me how little we accomplished. And tomorrow, or today, when this airs, they are going to be all over me to get stuff done. Always. I can't. Like, I, I just can't. Always. But that being said, the curtain has closed on this episode. But we hope that you will join us next week. <laughs> and every week after that. We want to say a special thank you to our listeners. Our numbers keep growing, and that's all thanks to you. Episodes come out every Tuesday. You can find us on iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Google Play Music. Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe. iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play Music are perfect places to do that. 
You can find us on Facebook at Point Your Toes. We're also on Instagram and Twitter at Point PYT. You can email us at PYTNYC29 at gmail.com. I'm your co-host, Tony Williams II. And I'm your co-host, Danielle Colangelo. See you next week on Point Your Toes, the adventures of an NYC dance teacher. Words can break us down, start a fire in our hearts, or put